Hey, welcome to another episode of This Expat Life, and this time live from Rio, where I have just moved. I arrived two or three, I can't even remember, three days ago, and I'm in Ipanema here in my Airbnb. And I'm going to keep this episode short because it is really hot in here. I can't put the air conditioning on because it will give too much noise for this episode. So I don't want to sweat too much, so I'm going to keep it sweet and short unlike what I usually do. Anyway, I just wanted to record a new episode and answer some questions I've been receiving about my move to Rio. As I was telling people that I was about to move to Rio for six months, I received the same questions over and over again, and some of them actually made me laugh. And then as I got here in Rio, I also received a few questions on Instagram about my visa, for example, and why I've decided to go here for six months. And I thought, why not record a podcast episode about it so that it can inspire you, inform you, help you to take a similar decision, whether that's Rio or someone else, or just understand my reasoning behind my move and who knows what it could do for you. So without further ado, let's go. And just to give you a little bit of background information, because I'm not sure that everyone knows that I've moved to Rio. In one of my previous episodes, I explained that after three pretty difficult years in The Hague, I decided this summer, the end of summer, to move to Rio. In those three years, a lot had happened. I moved back home to the Netherlands again. I quit my job to become a coach and entrepreneur. I lost my dad. I lost my mom. I lost my grandma. My heart got broken twice, very, very painfully. And the last time that that happened this summer, it was the turning point for me to say, okay, you know what? I've really tried here and it hasn't been great. I'm ready for something else. So on a, I wouldn't say on a whim, but in four days, I decided to move to Rio. And I took this decision pretty quickly because I've lived abroad before. I've lived abroad in Brazil as well. It was always my dream to go to Rio. And I always think if I don't like it or if it's not working out for me, I can just go back. It's very simple. I wanted to have some time to prepare my move and to, I was still going on holiday to the US. I wanted to spend the holidays in the Netherlands as well. So I knew, okay, in January, I'm going to Rio and I'm going to stay there for six months. And why it's six months, I will tell you in a bit. But now you know a little bit of the background of my move to Rio. So I'm here in Ipanema, as I said, in my very hot Airbnb. And I've been here for not even 72 hours and I'm loving it already. It hasn't been this big magical feeling when I got here or even on the plane when I left as I had with previous moves abroad before. It just felt like, okay, normal, this is now happening. And that's probably also because I have lived in Brazil before and I know Rio very well. So I speak the language. So to me, this feels like home, nothing too crazy or big or difficult. So maybe starting with the first question that I often got, why Rio? Well, when I was a diplomat in Brazil, I was living in Brasilia, but I visited Rio very often, very frequently. And I always had this dream to be a carioca, someone from Rio or living in Rio, uh, to live in Rio for a little bit of time. And I had a sort of vague plan to use some of my leave days, that I still had a lot of them, and that I would stay in Rio for like two, three weeks, work on my side hustle or re getting ready for entrepreneurship because I knew I was going to quit my job and just enjoy life in Rio. But unfortunately, we all know what happened. It was the pandemic and there was no opportunity for me to spend some time in Rio. So that didn't happen. 
Then in the year that followed, you know, I lost my dad and it was still the pandemic. And then in February 2022, I visited Brazil again. And I spent like, I think in total, a week and a half in Rio just to have this dream for a little bit. And I love that. So I knew like, okay, this is still on my list of things that I want to do in the near future. But then life just happened. And even though I had designed my business in a way that I could work from anywhere, I realized at some point that I wasn't taking that opportunity. I wasn't using the opportunity. So my calendar was packed with coaching sessions in The Hague, live sessions with clients I had there for a couple of months. So I couldn't just leave. My sisters got babies. I was also in a relationship and life just happened. You know, the year was passing by. And then I think it was sometime in spring 2023, I realized, hey, I still have this dream to go to Rio. When can I go? And I looked at my calendar and I saw it was really difficult for me to take a longer period away. But I found some time in my calendar to go away for like four to six weeks uh, and to spend that time in Rio. But it really felt like, oh, this is not really what I want. I want to spend longer here. So like I said, when my relationship ended, I knew, okay, this is my cue. I just have to go. So this idea of Rio has been in my mind for years already. And there was no question for me about it. Is this the easiest city to live in as a digital nomad or a digital entrepreneur or whatever digital? No, not at all. I already found it very difficult to find a good co-working space. My internet stopped working yesterday when I actually wanted to record this episode and some other content for Instagram. There aren't many other digital entrepreneurs around. I mean, I haven't found them yet. And I know in some other places like Mexico or Bali or even Cape Town, I think they are much easier to find. And Brazil... It's just a little bit more isolated. So it's not the most natural choice for a digital nomad city, but it's one that has been in my heart for so long already. So now you know why I decided to choose Rio. And maybe for those who have never been here, why I'm so in love with Rio is really because it is such a beautiful city. And I've told this story actually before on Instagram, but a couple of years ago, I think it was around 10 years ago already, I had this dream that I was flying and I dream a lot. I dream very, very vividly, but I never have these typical dreams of, you know, that your teeth are falling out or you're standing naked somewhere or flying. And actually that was the first time I think, or maybe the second time that I had a dream that I was flying over something. And what I saw below me was like this landscape with really bright colors, like green hills. And in between, it was really tropical turquoise water. And I was landing in there and I was just really happy there. It just was such a nice dream. And when I first visited Rio in, I think it was 2015 with my sister. And I think we were visiting the Christ statue. So you have an overview. And I saw the city and I realized, oh, this is the city of my dreams. This city with those hills and that water is exactly what I saw in my dreams. Well, maybe not exactly, but it matched for like 70%. And so I find Rio this beautiful, gorgeous city. It is, especially where I am now in Ipanema, it's my favorite neighborhood. It's very green. I have these beautiful trees in my streets and I am a few blocks away from the beach. Now the beach here is amazing because you have this beautiful view of um, a hill as well on the beach. You know these 
photos probably that you always see young kids playing football with the sunset. And well, that is my favorite view. But the rest of the city is also really pretty. But it's not just about how the city looks. It's also about the people. They are so friendly. Everyone talks to each other. There is music in the streets. There is movement. People are happy here. And I lived in Brasilia before, which is also Brazil, but that didn't quite happen there. Also because it was a car city or is a car city, but also because the people there are a tiny bit more reserved than the Cariocas, I would say. So Rio has this vibe that I just love. Every time that I went here for work or holiday, I just felt like, oh, I need to be here. And everyone at my previous job also knew this. So one time I got an opportunity to spend a week in Rio because they needed some help at the consulate. And my boss thought of me right away because he knew how much I was in love with Rio. So I love spending time here. I love the vibe. I also love how the city makes me feel. I just feel more extroverted here. I feel happier. I feel more social. I feel more relaxed. I feel super comfortable in my body. I don't know. It's just a really nice vibe. And it's a kind of energy that this city gives you, or at least me. And I know many of my friends that I met in Brasilia feel the same way about Rio. And I think most people who have been here love it. Although I know two people who didn't like it at all, which I just don't understand. Anyway, so that is why I decided to go for Rio. Just following my heart, nothing else. And the second question that I then always got when I shared that I was going to Rio for six months, everyone, almost everyone asked me, are you going to work there? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'm not there yet. I'm not at the position that I can just take off for six months and not get any income and just enjoy life, unfortunately. I hope to get there one day, but I'm not there yet. So of course I'm going to work. And this is exactly why I designed my business in a way that I could work from anywhere. When I quit my job at the ministry as a diplomat, I had a few conditions for myself going forward with this entrepreneurship phase. Phase, it feels like my life really. And one of them was that I really wanted to have an international life still. I've always had an international life. I've always worked in different cultures, with different cultures, international kind of jobs, even when I was still living in London. And so this aspect was really, really important to me. And I knew I want to work with people from other cultures who are living abroad, but I also want to have the opportunity to move abroad myself again. So I very specifically designed my business in a way that I could work from anywhere. So yeah, basically what I was always envisioning is now happening. So yes, of course I'm going to work here. I have to say I'm only working online. I will share later why that is. But for those that were wondering like, hey, can I still get coached by you? Absolutely, you can. Just not in The Hague or in Amsterdam. It is now 100% online. And the third question I always got when I shared the news was, Oh, you still know a lot of people there, right? So it must be easier for you to settle in the city. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I only know ex-lovers here. <laughs> it is true. So all my friends that I met in Brazil during my time as a diplomat, they were in Brasilia and they have all left because most of them were diplomats as well from other Latin American countries, mostly in some Europeans. They've all left, but even some of my local friends there have left. And again, most of them were based in Brasilia, not in Rio. It's a one and a half hour flight. 
And the people that I knew in Rio, I still have some former colleagues that I know that I'm going to see next week, which I'm really excited about. But then all the other people that I know here, they are ex-lovers. So I was single for a year when I was living in Rio. And after a tip of a fellow diplomat whose name I won't mention, I started using Bumble every time I was in Rio just to meet locals. Nothing. I didn't want to find anyone or, or you know, find a relationship or even something less serious. No, I just wanted to meet people and hang out with locals and to not have to spend my dinners by myself as often was the case when I was traveling to Sao Paulo for business. So I had a few flings with some Brazilians here in Rio also when I visited later as for holidays. And these are the people that I still know. I still talk to them on Instagram. So I'm sure I'm going to see them for a coffee or something. But just to answer that question, no, I barely know any people here. And what is funny is that my birthday is exactly one week after my flight to Rio. And of course, I knew this in advance. So I was really thinking like, okay, do I want to spend my birthday in the Netherlands or abroad already? And in the Netherlands, I thought, you know what? It's a Wednesday. There's not going to be any people celebrating my birthday with me on that particular day. So I might as well celebrate it in advance with a big party and then have my real birthday on the beach in Ipanema. But I also knew, of course, like, okay, there is a risk that I'm going to celebrate it by myself because I don't really know anyone here. But then I thought, no, this is Rio. You get here by yourself. Within one week, you have about 30 new friends. This is how fast it can go here. So I still have a couple of days till my birthday. But so far, every day I've been meeting up with people that I already knew or that I knew from Instagram or friends who referred me to their friends who have been very kindly welcoming me. So, so far it's been great. And I have good hope that I will be celebrating my birthday with a bunch of new friends. And then there was another question that often pop up, which really made me laugh. But actually, I was wondering about the same thing. And that was how many and what suitcases are you going to bring with you? And this is something that I was really struggling with beforehand, before I actually left, because I don't want to travel with too much stuff. I'm assuming that I will also buy a few things here, especially at Farmy Rio, which is my favorite uh, Carioca clothing brand for women. And also, I want to be a little bit flexible and not have to carry around a lot of stuff. So initially, I was thinking, I'll just travel with one big suitcase. However, then a few travel plans came up. So one of my good friends is coming to visit me, and we are going to travel in the northeast and near in Rio and uh, near Rio as well for two and a half weeks. And part of that trip is probably a five-day hike in nature. And so... Having a suitcase doesn't really make any sense because I need some kind of backpack to carry the stuff with me during the hike. We'll probably also go camping, so there's stuff that I need to carry. And another thing that came up was that I'm flying to the US in April for a business event as part of a program that I joined this year. So my mind was like working overtime around this because I thought, okay, I need tropical clothes for beach stuff. I need a formal thing or two for in case I have any business meetings or like formal events I get invited to. But I also need hiking gear, my hiking boots, and I need a backpack to carry my stuff in. And I need to have other type of clothes for my time in the US, which is partly a business event and partly some traveling that I will do in Arizona. So that is a lot of things. And Taking into account that I didn't want to bring so much stuff, I was like, okay, how can I do this the most efficient way? 
So to answer this question, I have brought a normal suitcase with me, not the biggest, and a backpack. Both of them weren't completely filled, so I'm really proud of myself. I could have done it if I wanted to, but I really told myself, no, only bring the essentials. I also brought a trolley with me, you know, the small suitcase as a carry-on luggage, because I thought if I'm going away for a weekend or so, then at least I have something easy to take with me and I don't need to check in any luggage. It was also good for all my tech and hardware and laptop stuff that I'm bringing along. And then I have my tiny backpack to carry a book or something with me. So this is what I've brought along. And it's been working great because with all those things, I can actually carry everything by myself. I don't even need to have a card or anyone else helping me. So I've got my two backpacks on the front and the back, and then I've got two uh, handles to walk around with of the trolley and the suitcase. So while I'm saying this, I'm thinking, who's going to be interested in this? But this question has been asked so often, actually, that I'm thinking people want to know this because maybe they're dealing with a similar situation. So this is what I have done. And then someone on Instagram asked me, why are you staying in Rio for six months? Like, why not shorter or longer? Well, this answer is threefolded, actually. The first reason is that I wanted to spend significant time in Rio, like longer than, than those six weeks I initially had in mind. And I was thinking three months, but then I thought, you know what? That doesn't feel like living abroad. And I really want to have a profound experience. I have lived abroad for over seven years, usually between six months and two and a half or three years. And living somewhere for just three months, to me, doesn't count as living somewhere. It just feels like a holiday. So I felt right away, no, it needs to be longer. And I was also so done with the hate that I really wanted to spend a longer period away. Like going forward, I see myself having my base in The Hague and then spending one to two months abroad every couple of months. It doesn't need to be that long. But having spent so much time in one place that wasn't really making me any happier, I felt the need to now live somewhere for longer. And somewhere meaning Rio, of course. And so it was like an intuitive decision, actually, like six months will be fine. I get to spend the winter overseas. This was also one of my main reasons. And then I come back for summer. So that is actually the second reason why I decided to go for six months. I love summer in The Hague, even when the weather isn't great like last year, because the days are long. We have super long evenings with daylight until 10.30 p.m., I think. And last summer, like I said, even though the weather wasn't great, I was up every morning. Okay, let's not exaggerate. A couple of times, <laughs> I got up really early to take a dip or to go running in the dunes. And I really like working out in the morning and being in nature in the morning before my workday. And in winter, this is currently not possible in the Netherlands because it gets light at like 9 a.m. So by the time you've exercised and you've showered, it's already like 10.30 or whatever. And I like to start early. So the winter time doesn't really work for me with my biorhythm. So I thought I want to be back in summer because I really enjoy summer in The Hague. I live super close to the beach. It's a five to 10 minute bike ride. And I just love it. The vibe is so different in summer. Everyone is on the beach. Uh, we have really nice beach clubs with a super nice vibe. And there's music and people are just happy and spending so much time there. So I knew also, okay, I don't want to skip summer, my favorite period. I want to be back there. 
So the first reason is more like the minimum amount that I wanted to have at least six months. And then the second is what is more like, okay, I don't want to extend it too much, but there are actually, there's, there are two more reasons why I don't want to go away for longer. The third one being my cats, like I love my cats. I already miss them. It has only been 72 hours and there's no way I can, I cannot see them for longer than six months. And the fourth reason, and this is like a proper reason as well, is that after six months in Brazil, and that is six months in a whole year, not consecutive, you are being considered a tax resident of Brazil. So they get to tax you. Now, I think, I still need to check this out. I think there is a tax treaty between the Netherlands and Brazil. And those tax treaties are there to prevent you paying double taxes. So I think that is there. However, I have lived abroad before and having dealt with taxes abroad and going back to the Netherlands and all the admin stuff around it was driving me nuts at the time. So I want to stay far away from that now again. So even though there's a tax treaty, you know, you probably need to do a lot of admin around it to avoid double taxing. And I just, I can't be bothered to deal with that. But I'm also catching myself saying this. And one of the things that I always like to think and believe is that if you want to go somewhere in life, you want to upgrade your life, you want to go next level, you also need to start preparing yourself for the problems that arise at that level. So while I really want to stay away from all this tech stuff, I'm also realizing, and this is maybe some inspiration for everyone who is listening who also wants a, a change in their life, I want a global life forward and I want to spend a lot of time abroad and I want to grow my business. So dealing with taxes is probably a problem I need to deal with when I'm at that level. So if you want to go to the next level, start preparing yourself already for the challenges that you will find there. Because what is happening now is that for me, but also for other people, you know, it's so much easier to stay in your comfort zone because if you want to grow to that next level, discomfort joins the party, right? You have to sort out things that you don't want to sort out. And it's so much easier to just close your eyes for it and stay where you are, whether that's about moving abroad and paying double taxes or buying a house or getting into stocks. I know I'm mentioning all the financial stuff right now, but there are lots of other things that you can think about. So if you have a desire to upgrade your life, start preparing yourself, start, start reading about the things that you might encounter when you get to that level, start engaging with those topics, start learning about these things. So I'm saying this to myself right now. So maybe I should read a little bit more into the double taxing stuff and see that maybe it's not actually that scary and I can totally do it. Okay, this is just an insight into my brain. This is how I think. So maybe it is some inspiration for you. But in any case, this is the, another reason why I've decided to go for six months and not go any longer because taxes. And then one more practical question I got also on Instagram from a couple of people, and that is that they were super curious about the visa that I'm on, that I'm staying with in Brazil. I got here with the digital nomad visa. So a lot of people don't know this, but Brazil, I think since two years now, they've been offering a digital nomad visa. And some other Latin American countries do the same thing. And this is not very well known. So this digital nomad visa allows you to stay here for a year if you want to, but you have to take into account that you'll be a tax resident after six months. 
And so if I want, I can stay here longer and I can even extend it with another year, I've heard. And I found the process to get this visa pretty easy. And when I was prepping for this, I was reading some stuff online and it was actually not easy to find information about this from people who have done it because I don't think this visa is used a lot. Probably one of the reasons is that Brazil is not a very common digital nomad country. But the information that I found from people who got it, most of them said it was fairly easy and I agree with that. So what I had to do was that I had to hand in quite some documentation to the consulate in Amsterdam that included a photo, my passport, you know, the usual stuff, but also a declaration that I wrote myself that I can work remotely. So this visa, good to know, is not just for entrepreneurs. You can also get it if you have a contract with a foreign company and you are allowed to work remotely. So you don't need to be an entrepreneur. You just need to be a digital someone. So I had to write a declaration that I was that. And I had my, needed my birth certificate. I needed some financial stuff. So one of the conditions of the visa is that you make, I think it's $1,500 a month that you can prove that. Or that you have, I believe it is $30,000 in savings. So you can go with either of the two. And since I don't have a contract like an employee would, I also needed to prove that I had foreign clients. So this was a tiny bit trickier for me because I have so many different clients. I don't have one big client. So I, I created a document with proof of everything, but then they rejected that and they said, we just need a bank statement. I'm like, okay, fine. So I just had this bank statement with all the details erased and only the name of the incoming payment uh, was still visible. And I found this a bit interesting because I get paid through a third party. So it doesn't show any of my clients' names or anything. It's just that, that third party name all the time. But that was proof enough for them that I had foreign clients. So fair enough. And I think I also added some uh, extra things about like what I do in my declaration and how I've been working. So this is really up to you to design it. Another thing that you have to prove is medical insurance that is valid in Brazil. Now, this is also very easy to get because in the Netherlands, you are obligated to have a medical insurance and that insurance is covering you worldwide up until the maximum of the Dutch costs. And I have an additional medical insurance that covers the true costs anywhere abroad. So this was also super easy for me. And I think this was more or less the documents that I needed to show. The only additional action that I had to go through, which was a bit annoying, but it was actually totally fine, was that it needed to get apostilled. I'm not sure if I pronounced it the right way, but there is this apostille treaty that with all the countries that are part of the treaty, if any of these documents in that country get legalized by a national court, I believe, then other countries will accept that document as an official document. So I needed to get my birth certificate, the declaration and something else apostilled. And for the declaration, I actually first had to legalize my signature. And you can do that in the Netherlands, either at, the, at a notary for which you have to pay or at the municipality, which is a bit cheaper. That was a little bit of a hassle to do because I had to go to several institutions to get it done, but it was actually fine. 
Ah, now I also remember another thing that I needed to show. If you apply for this visa in the Netherlands, you also need to have the document of good behavior, as we call it. I don't know the English word for it, sorry. Um, but that is basically a declaration of the Ministry of Justice that says that you don't have any criminal record. And this I also needed to get apostilled. And to request this document, there is an online system that employers can help you with. But since that wasn't the case for me, it was the consulate that was officially asking for it. I had to go to the municipality to ask for this document in person. So there were several trips to the municipality and then also to the court in The Hague to get all of them legalized. But all in all, this was actually pretty easy. And then what you need to do is that, and this was something that I was a little bit worried about because I was going to the US and there was only a couple of weeks between my return date and my departure date for Brazil. And obviously in the US I needed my passport. So I was a little bit worried that I wasn't going to have the meeting to get my visa on time. And you can't schedule the meeting, the appointment to get your visa, until you have uploaded all the documents necessary. But for some documents, you needed to wait. So I was a little bit stressed with timing, also because I started too late, but to get everything done before my departure to the US. So in the online system, which is also pretty easy to set up, you can just upload all the documents. Now, I had a few glitches here and there because... Some documents had more pages, but then only the first page got uploaded. But I have to say the contact with the consulate was amazing. Every time I had a question or I wanted to send that document via email, they responded within one day. So I am really impressed with how fast they were and how, how much information they gave me. It was really impressive. And so when I uploaded everything, they said, okay, it looks fine and then you are cleared to, to schedule that appointment. So I could do that right away. And they had loads of options. So in the end, there was nothing for me to worry about. It was a super easy process from the consulate side. The only part that took more time was to get the documents in the Netherlands. So I'm on this visa now. And if you are thinking about going to Brazil, like I'm not an expert, so don't <laughs> base anything on what I'm about to tell you. But there are several options that you can use because as a digital nomad, you can also go to countries on a tourist visa. Now, officially, I think this is not allowed. And I didn't want to do this because I thought I just want to be, you know, do the right way, the proper way. And I also want to be able to spend more time in Brazil if I want to. And a digital nomad visa allows you to stay here for a year. You can also get in on the tourist visa, which is valid for three months, which you, for most countries, you get it upon arrival. Or actually, you don't need a visa, I think. You, you can just stay for three months. And most nationalities are able to extend that visa while they are here. There is a process that you need to do and you have to pay something, but I heard it's a very simple process. So technically, you can also stay here for six months on that visa. Now, what I've heard is that nationals from the Schengen countries aren't allowed to do this. So they only get to stay three months every six months in Brazil. So officially, you're allowed to spend six months a year in Brazil, but not in a consecutive period. I think this is because we have a similar limitation for them, for Brazilians going to Schengen. Yeah, so for some people, this might be interesting, this tourist visa. But for some others, it won't. This is really up to you. You need to do your research about it because I'm not an expert on this. But this is also one of the reasons why I wanted to go for the 
digital nomad visa, but mostly because I am a good girl. I just want to follow the rules and I don't want to do anything that is considered illegal or not right or whatever. I just want to do it the proper way. So this is why I applied for the digital nomad visa. And I have to say it also helps me to relax a little bit more because now I get to go to the US and come back like it's a multiple entry visa. So there's nothing for me to worry about if I want to leave and come back. So this is also really nice. Okay, enough visa talk. Um, I'm also seeing that I've been talking way too long. I've started to sweat here. It is super hot, but I just wanted to answer one more question. And that is the question that I got a lot from you guys as well. And that is, what are you going to do with your cats? Obviously this was before I was leaving. So my beautiful Brazilian cats that I got when I was still a diplomat and who I took along with me to the Netherlands, I left them in the Netherlands because they are living their best life, especially Fenton, who has a richer social life in the neighborhood than I have. It wouldn't make any sense for me to take them back to a tiny apartment in super hot Rio while I'm also traveling. And traveling with two cats, when I did it from Brazil to the Netherlands, I vowed to myself that I was never ever going to do that again because it is such a hassle if you do it by yourself with more than one pet. So I decided to leave them in the Netherlands. They are in very, very good hands. They are still living their best lives. So this is the best way for them. And it hurts me. Like I, I miss them a lot, but I have to do what is right for them. So they are still there. Okay, that is it. These are the questions I got about my move to Rio. Now, if you have another question about my move to Brazil, my plans here, my expectations, uh, just let me know, send me a message via Instagram or elsewhere and I'll happily respond. But I hope this has been answering your questions that you've maybe had. I also hope that it somehow inspired you to take action as well if you've been thinking about a similar move. Sometimes it is scary to take the first step because we think, oh my God, I don't know how to get this all done or it's just too much or too difficult for me to understand. When I took the decision to move to Brazil, I was also a tiny bit overwhelmed with everything that I had to do and how does the visa work and stuff. But you just go step by step, you take action and before you know it, you are in Rio. So thank you for listening and see you, talk to you soon. I have a bunch of podcast episodes that I want to record about several topics. I've got some really nice interviews coming up as well and I can't wait to share them with you. As always, if you have a question, let me know. And I would also love it if you could leave a review on the platform that you're listening to, to this expat life. It really helps me to grow this amazing community. Have a lovely day wherever you are.